Welcome to All Turns and No Breaks. This isn't an ordinary show. This is NASCAR Talk for fans by fans. Hey, NASCAR fans, welcome back to another episode of All Turns No Breaks with the Fabulous Three. It's all three of us me, myself, Tam, and my man, front row Kenny. How are you guys doing? What it do, good people? What it do, Renee? What it do, Kenny? Hi, listeners. How are you? Doing fantastic. I- Yo, what's going on? Yeah. Yo, I just feel like we haven't talked NASCAR in a while, but we actually did. I think we talked about two weeks ago, but because of the schedule and everything that's going on in the world, I just feel like our worlds as well as our podcast is turned upside down. Do any of you guys feel like that? Yep. I feel I feel the same way, Tam. Okay, well, I do, I do too. Cause man, it's been hectic weather and NASCAR. Everything's been moving all over the place. So I guess that also doesn't really help us out either. Well, since we last talked, we've had three races. We've had the Coke Six Hundred in Charlotte. Then we had that Thursday night race, which was like the first Thursday night race in history. I think it was the first Thursday night race, or. Something like that or the first one in a long time because that was actually supposed to be on Wednesday, but it was postponed. And then we had Bristol. So we're going to do the podcast a little bit different. And I'm going to tell you guys why. We talked about this before we decided to record. With everything that's going on in the world, it just seems a little bit like NASCAR is not important. I'm just going to say it like that. And we love this sport, but let's just be real. It's some real that's going on. And excuse my French, you guys are probably here to beep, but yeah, there's some real stuff going on in this world. And I'm torn because I love NASCAR. It was a great escape to watch the races, but I'm not going to hold you and I'm not going to lie to you, especially while Bristol was on. I found myself switching back from CNN to the local news to figuring out what was going on on Twitter because I purposely on Saturday, the day before the Sunday race, decided to not consume any news. I actually just worked on my personal website. And if you guys don't know, I launched another podcast. I'm going to plug that because I feel like it's much needed in this world. But my other podcast is all about inspirational notes. So check it out. It is called the Sincerely Heard Podcast. Maybe I'll link it in the podcast description. But it just, I, I, it's a great escape, but I just feel torn. I feel guilty that I'm enjoying NASCAR when there are people that are outside protesting and losing their lives and being pepper sprayed and shot with rubber bullets and beaten with sticks. And I saw one guy swinging a golf club. Like it's real out there. Yeah, I think that makes three of us there, Tam, because I could, I would imagine that Kenny probably feels the same way as, as you do and I do. So, you know, it is a, it is a tough thing. Uh, but, um, uh, you know, first things first, Tam, and, uh. Let's jump into some NASCAR talk first. Yeah, let's So do let's it. do that. Lighten up the mood a little bit, because I don't want you guys to be like, oh my God, um, I don't want to listen to the podcast. <laughs> but it's your choice if you don't want to listen, because we keep it real. This is NASCAR talk for fans by fans. And I don't know a fan that's not affected. And I don't care where you live at, even if you live in the deep south on 
in the part of the country that the postman delivers your mail 10 miles down the road. Everybody's affected by this. With that being said, let's jump into some NASCAR talk and then we'll maybe share our thoughts on what's going on in the world today towards the end of the podcast. So on that note, let's get back to the format because the last time we talked, the podcast was all over the place because we just shot from the hip. But this time, this podcast, we're back on schedule. Let's start by kind of, well, not kind of, let's start by talking a little bit about the Coke 600, the Thursday night race at Charlotte. I forgot what it was called. It was the Alsco something 500. I don't know one of those names. That's sad, but sometimes those names of the races just don't stick. And that was one of them, at least for me. And then we'll talk about Bristol. And Bristol was the supermarket something 500. <laughs> Who comes up with these like name and title things? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Any event. Okay, so recapping really quick. I'll give you guys the top 10 from the Coke 600. And follow me because I'm going to tie it all in. Brad Keselowski won the Coke 600 and it was only fitting because as you guys know, he likes to celebrate with his flag and considering it was the only race on Memorial Day, which is crazy because we did not have Formula One and we did not have the Indy 500. That's like a whole nother conversation in itself. But Brad took the checker flag and held up the American flag on Memorial Day for all the fans, blah, blah, whatever. Okay, don't be offended by the whatever, but you guys know what I was saying. Chase Elliott, (laughs) he came in second. Ryan Blaney came in third. And that Coke 600, that was the race, right, that Allen decided, and I'm talking about Allen Gustafson, Chase's crew chief, where he decided to come in and pit, right, Kenny? Yeah, Yeah. I think that, That that, that is correct. And the thing is, I've watched all these races, but at this point, it's starting to run together because so much is going on. I'm like information overload. But Ryan Blaney came in third, and that was Blaney, not Newman, correct? Yes, in third place. Yes, correct. Okay, Kyle B, fourth, as in Kyle Busch. Kevin Harvick, fifth. Martin Truex Jr., sixth. Kurt Busch, seventh. Tyler Reddick, eighth. I don't know if that's his first top 10 this year, but good job for the young boy. And Christopher Bell came in ninth. And this is relevant because when I give you guys the Bristol top 10, Christopher Bill also came in ninth at Bristol. But nonetheless, Chris Busher came in 10th at the Coke 600. And the one notable is Jimmy Johnson, who came in dead ass last. Um, So I'm giving you that because I'm building on the story. So follow me. So that was the top 10 and the one notable. Jimmy could not get right at the Coke 600 and it just continues because even when you think that he's going to win and he's so close, something happens. So for the Thursday night race at Charlotte, Chase redeemed himself because he had heartbreak, as we just discussed at the Coke 600. If you guys remember, Kyle Busch kind of came up to him and consoled him and all that, only for Chase to turn around and win the bounty on Kyle Busch during the truck race. And I'm going to be honest with you, I don't even remember when the truck race was, but I know it was sometime between the Coke 600 and Bristol because so much has happened this week. But but yeah, so Chase won at Charlotte on Thursday. Denny Hamlin, Denny Hamlin is always in the mix, but he, he can't get that 40th win, but he came in second 
on Thursday. Joy Logano came in six, and this is important because I'm, again, once again, leading up to Bristol. Brad Keselowski, who won the Coke 600, came back with another top 10 and came in seventh on Thursday. Jimmy Johnson didn't break the top 10, but at least he broke the top 20. So he went from 40th to 11th on Thursday. So 40th from the Coke 600 to 11th place, P11 on Thursday. And Matt Kenseth, and Matt Kenseth is a notable because I love Matt Kenseth. So every chance I get, I'm going to say his name. Matt Kenseth came in 23rd. Bristol, baby. Brad, two wins in a week. Brad is on fire. Brad came in first. Clint Boyer, let me just say this. Clint Boyer came in second at Bristol. And you know it's crazy because I felt as if listening to the broadcast on Fox they was like, that was his best finish in a long time. You know it's sad and it's funny when they don't even feel like doing the research <laughs> to, <laughs> to see, to see no where kidding. it was. I thought that was funny because it wasn't just that they said it once. They said it twice as in, look, we're not even going to bother to figure out what his right. stats are. <laughs> oh, my God. Again, now, now you guys kind of understand why I took you back to the Coke 600 and brought you to Bristol, baby. Jimmy came in third. That's uh, an improvement. So in one week, he went from 40th to 11th to third. So Jimmy no longer cannot get right. It looks like he is getting right. He just hasn't won. So technically, he still can't get right because he hasn't won, but he's getting there. Kyle Busch came in fourth. And Kyle Busch has had a little bit of heartbreak this last week as well. But great job for Kyle coming in top five. I mean, you know, that's what we expect from Mm -hmm. him. but. Yeah. Eric Jones, top five. Eric came in fifth. Austin Dillon came in sixth. We don't say Austin's name hardly ever unless I'm defending him on this podcast because, you know, I I like Austin. (laughs) Kurt Busch came in seventh. And Kurt seems to always be in the mix. Kurt actually came in seventh for the Coke 600. William Byron. I think we ran a poll. I can't remember, but I know it was something to the effect about the Hendrick guys, but yeah, William Byron, eighth, you know, top 10. I don't think personally that he will win a race this year, but hey, I could be wrong. Christopher Bell, once again, came in ninth. Bubba Wallace, top 10. He came in 10th. I don't think, has he had any top 10s, Kenny, this year? I don't think so. I think that may be the first one this year, actually, if I'm not mistaken. Okay, well, Bubba with the top 10. Notables. Matt Kenseth came in 16th. <laughs> you know, I just felt like saying Matt Kenseth name again. And I said it with a lot of uh, personality because if you listen to the podcast, <laughs> that's just who I am. And Hey, it's exciting to have, you know, Matt Kenseth back. I don't blame you myself. Okay, that was worth repeating. Matt Kenseth came in P16. <laughs> Joy Logano and Chase Elliott, 21 place or 21st place and 22nd place. And that is a notable because they were down to the wire. You thought one of those guys were going to win, especially that move they put on at the last minute coming down the middle. And yeah, Chase came around that curve and pinned Joy to the wall and it was a wrap. And here's the thing, like Chase is like Dale Jr., even if it's Chase's fault, it's somebody else's fault. Whoever he is into it with, it's their fault. So when him and Kyle mixed it up during the Coke 600, 
it was regardless who fought. Well, it was technically Kyle's fault. He admitted it. But even if it was Chase's fault, it was going to be Kyle's fault. So in this instance at Bristol, even though it was Chase's fault, it was Joy's fault in the fans' eyes because <laughs> Chase can do no wrong. <laughs> so that's the recap. And that was long. Oh, my God. I've talked forever, but not that I don't always talk. But yeah, so let's get into some driver's talk. Or did I cover everything? <laughs> I think you did cover everything, but we can still get into some driver's talk. <laughs> yeah. I think you got just about everything covered in a very quick span, just to make a correction as well. Bubba Wallace, that is his second top 10 of the year. Actually, he got his first at Las Vegas where he finished sixth. So this is the second one. Okay. Ah. Oh, wait. Jimmy Jimmy Johnson was disqualified. What race was that? I guess that was the Coke 600. Oh, Coke yeah, 600, that's right. Because he, he came in second. Yep. I forgot. Yep, that was unfortunate. He was he had a good card at, that night, but of course, what happened at the end of that night, very very late night, and we found out very late that he got disqualified too low. Okay, so I covered everything. So we covered Keselowski's Coke six hundred and Bristol win. I covered Jimmy Johnson. Well, I didn't, but we just talked about it. Jimmy being disqualified for the Coke six hundred, and. I talked about how Chase went from heartbreak to not one, but two wins because he won the cup race as well as the truck race. And then I talked about the Joey and Chase dust up as well as the Chase and Kyle Busch dust up. Yeah. So I covered everything. That's, that's amazing. Look, <laughs> not like that or anything, I, I, that's but <laughs> a, that's impressive, Tam. <laughs> Yeah, it's impressive because I covered it all from the top of my head. I mean, I, clearly I've written down the notes in terms of who came in what place, but dang, I really remembered all that. Okay, a moment of patting myself on the back for that. Because that, that was all off the top of my head without notes. You know, I love this thing called NASCAR, so hey, it comes easy for me sometimes. Exactly. We said that from the very get-go. Okay, well, now it's time to talk about the thing that probably none of us really wants to talk about, but we have to address it. And that is simply NASCAR's lack of addressing what's happening in the world. At the recording of this podcast, the only comments, and Kenny or Renee, you can connect, correct me if I'm wrong, but the only comments regarding the unrest that has swept the nation, or really the world for that matter, because they're protesting in Toronto as well as London and Hong Kong, they've been protesting for a couple of years now, but it's escalated in the last week or so with more violence. But saying that to say, I feel as if uh, NASCAR hasn't really taken a side. And that, I mean, and again, it's not really take about taking a side, but at least just speak up and say something. We know that NASCAR fan base is not necessarily, you know, uh, for lack of a better word. Actually, I won't even give a word for it. How about that? We know, you guys know what I'm talking about. But I just feel like that... And Kenny, I don't want you to chime in on this, just FYI. You you know why. I just feel as if NASCAR, somebody needs to say something, at least just something. I don't know. So at the time of this recording, Bubba has spoken out. Uh, Ty Dillon has spoken out. And 
Daniel Suarez has spoken out, which is to be expected from Bubba as well as Daniel. Ty. And Tyler Reddick. And Tyler Reddick. Tyler Reddick as well. Yes, you're correct. Yeah, so Tyler Reddick. So Tyler Reddick, Ty Dillon, Bubba Wallace, Daniel Suarez have issued some type of statement or something, acknowledge the the unrest. And Steve O'Donnell has said something, a little blurb, and Jeff Gluck. And again, Jeff Gluck technically is just a reporter and not a part of, well, you know, he's a part of the NASCAR family, but you guys know what I'm saying. He's not employed by NASCAR. But yeah, so like I just actually read the Oakland A's put out a statement. I believe the NFL has put out some type of statement. Renee, how do you feel? Do you feel as if NASCAR should remain silent or what are your thoughts? Here are my thoughts as far as I guess what NASCAR has done or has not done. I can completely understand why NASCAR has been silent uh, in this particular case because of the situation at hand. And I think it's pretty obvious. We don't have to uh, sit here and let the elephant in the room be uneasy for everybody. Let's just call it out. It's NASCAR and the situation is what it is. Now, I think there is some good and some negatives that go with this, to be honest with you, Tammy Kenny, and, and I'll explain why. I think that the silence of NASCAR is understandable because of, I think, how NASCAR is perceived. Let's be honest, every, and, and I, and I still get this to this day. I still get this on May 31st in 2020, uh, that people that know that I do a NASCAR podcast, that know that I like NASCAR, um, know that I love NASCAR. They're like, dude, you know, how is it that you like this redneck type of sport? But all they do, and, and I get that to this day, all the time. And, and it's hard to explain to them, you know, how to not look at it like that, because I know that NASCAR has changed over the years. And I know that NASCAR has been trying to change over the years. But sometimes in situations like this, they're caught between a rock and a hard place. And what I mean by that is like, well, do we say something and then it'd be the wrong thing? Do we put somebody from our sport to say something and it'd be the wrong person? Or do they not say something and then their silence is just as bad as not saying anything? So they're they're kind of caught in this rut. And uh, I understand why maybe their silence uh, and unsilence by some of the drivers is is understandable. Now, the drivers that have spoken out are obviously the ones that I would have expected to speak out, Bubba obviously, um, uh, Daniel Suarez obviously, because uh, they're they're they are technically, and I'm using my fingers as quotation people of color. Um, Austin Dillon, I understand why he would say something because he's a very religious guy. Well, we Ty Dillon, that. not Austin. And, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Ty Dillon. Yes, you're correct, and I know Ty Dillon um, is is a uh, 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 very close to his faith, and which which I commend him for. And he's trying to find some way to get this all back to a positive way of doing things. And I, and I, and I, and I com- completely understand that. But I will say to you, uh, Tam, uh, Kenny, uh, and all of our listeners that are listening to our podcast, I went to uh, Arizona uh, to uh, do a, um, um, a last-minute gig that a friend of mine got me on uh, from a comedy club that was it had opened up. They allowed a few people in there, like a handful of people. They only gave out a, a, a certain amount of tickets. And I went down there 
And it was great to be on stage with a microphone and a real audience. And I can't begin to tell you how magical that was. But everything afterwards was completely, it made that whole experience back on stage just not important. Because as I was trying to get back to my hotel in downtown Phoenix, that's where the protesting started. And right in front of my hotel, the march was literally like down the street in front of the hotel. And we were having a hard time trying to get back to the hotel after we had dinner with some friends. And it was powerful and it was intense. And it was uh, the first time, and I'll say this to any of my listeners that actually follow me on social media. If you go to my any of my social media, I posted all the videos that I, I took and, and everything on my social media. But it was the first time that I had ever been in a situation where I'm experiencing this firsthand. And it was absolutely intense. It was absolutely powerful. It was absolutely emotional. And I was overcome with emotion in every sense of the word that I, 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 I understood what was happening. I absorbed it. There was a, a moment where I sat and, or I just stood there and just kind of watched everything unfold. And the protest did get a little violent afterwards. It, I mean, it escalated pretty quickly. They started breaking windows, throwing things at the police officers there. Some people were starting to do graffiti on the buildings. Um, and it was, it, it was pretty intense, but it is something that I think that as, as a human being, we can all sit here and really just kind of look at what's going on. And this is the sad thing because as we're just coming out of this pandemic, as we're just getting some of uh, our favorite sports and Tam, yours, mine, Kenny's, and all, all of our listeners, NASCAR coming back. And we're starting to get back to some somewhat of a, of a normal life and, and, and living. Then this happens. And it's unfortunate because now you have to sit here and think, well, now what happens from here? Because it almost seems like sports coming back is unimportant and pointless. But I loved it and I, and I loved watching NASCAR, but it seemed like my mind was somewhere else as I'm watching the race. The last race where, where Chase Elliott won, I'm sitting there watching that and it's just like, you know, everything that's going on, your mind is somewhere else. Kenny, I don't, I don't know if you, you felt that way, Tam. I don't know if you felt that way even as you're watching the race, but it just seemed like your mind was elsewhere other than that race. And that's hard because you want to focus on on the race. You want to have a good time, but you know that all of this stuff is going on. That's what I said earlier, Renee. Like, it's tough. I, I found as, well, first of all, I took a nap. I think I took a nap for about 30 laps. Kenny, you know, <laughs> there's something serious going on with me and my naps. I have to take them. I'm old. I don't know. But I think I took a nap for about 30 laps. But I actually, when I woke up from my nap, that's the great thing about technology. I just ended up using my remote. I went back and saw what I missed. I missed the Ryan Blaney incident during Bristol. And then I caught back up and like I had woke up right before the uh, Ricky Stenhouse Jr. wreck that took out four cars, including Alex Bowman. And shout out to Alex, who's been running great. Although I don't feel like I mentioned his name. I didn't. I don't. He wasn't top ten at for the Coke Six Hundred or for Bristol. I'm not one hundred percent sure for the Thursday race, but yeah. But nonetheless, I just want to wrap up my thoughts on NASCAR by quoting a quote that I'm sure you guys have seen floating around social for the last couple of days, and it's a famous quote by Desmond Tutu, and it reads: "If you are neutral in situations of injustice." 
you have chosen the side of the oppressor. So you can take that however you want to take it. I'm not a protester. People who know me know. In fact, I was telling my mom earlier, if I was a nurse, I would have quit during (laughs) COVID-19. If I was a police (laughs) officer during all this, I would have quit. I'm not a quitter, but I just believe sometimes you need to walk away from things. I don't have a personality that is conducive to deal with that kind of stuff because you guys know I'm a fighter and you sometimes you fighters should not be in those type of situations. So <laughs> I'm smiling as I say that, but I'm dead ass serious. I would have quit. I would have yeah, took we, my we, badge we off. <laughs> I've taken my badge off and been like, I'm done. Peace. For me, my last check. <laughs> Shoot. No, I hear you. But, <laughs> but yeah, so, you know, so that's what I'll say on that. Now I do want to, Because Kenny has not had an opportunity to talk. Kenny will not be making a comment like I'm talking for Kenny. But yeah, he won't make a comment in regards to the NASCAR stuff. But Kenny, you're a young guy. This is like a first time experience for you to witness this kind of magnitude of destruction and protest and rioting. And I know that you've experienced Ferguson But like for me, who's a little bit older and I'm from Los Angeles, I lived through the Rodney King riots in 92. Uh, Kenny, were you even born in 92? When were you born? Yeah, got me three more years, 95. Okay. okay, (laughs) So you have no no clue about the Rodney King riots other than what you may have saw on TV. But I lived it. And when I say I lived it, I don't want to go into details, but I, I lived it. And... I wasn't a protester then, but similar to the story Renee just shared, I was called outside because what people don't know, what was very different, and and again, I don't want to go down this lane, but I do want to make this point. What was very different from that riot was that the LAPD let things burn for three days and you were on your own. So it was definitely something out of a movie where your electricity was off. And your food spoiled. So you were left to fend for yourself. It was some real serious stuff. And I'll just add one personal note. My mother also lived through the Watts riots in 65. And I have no clue about that other than what I've read. And I know LA never really fully recovered from that riot. There are parts of L.A. that have never been rebuilt from that riot. The 92 riots was a little bit different because it was in a somewhat of a different part of town. So some of that stuff has been rebuilt, but not all of it. And what's happening now is that it's happening in a bunch of cities, but it's crazy. Like the stuff that I've seen on TV is just crazy. And I do want to add one thing, and I don't care what anybody's saying. This is going to come across political. Don't believe everything you see because there are some people who are legitimately out there protesting and peacefully. And then there are people that have been implanted in the mix to create chaos. And if you don't believe me, a quick Google search, you can find footage of certain people paying people to burn down things and riot. So that's all I'm going to say on that. And we are going to let Kenny, the young boy, share his thoughts on what's going on in America. And we'll jump into some Atlanta predictions because we're going to Atlanta, baby. Woo! Kenny, what you got to say? Yeah. So, um, and I've had a 
plethora of conversations about, you know, what's been going on. And just, just initially, I think back 10 years ago, or at least almost 10 years ago, when the whole incident happened with Trayvon Martin in Florida, like when that, that whole thing broke out and that began something, right? You know, I was in high school still, so I was really starting to pay attention a little bit more to detail to a lot of things. So, you know, seeing that, obviously, like anybody else in this country was, should be for the majority, you know, that, that stuff, you know, hit me, you know, I'm, I'm a young, it was still am a, a damn young dude now, you know, I'm just 24 years old, you know, and, um, seeing that then was something else. And then just over the last few years, just seeing more and more and more happen. And Ferguson happened when I was in college. And I remember a lot of things even happening on my campus at Tuskegee. I still remember having meetings about it, talking about it, people riding in different or protesting in different cities across the nation again. But, you know, this time around, it's to a completely different magnitude. Just like what you said, Tam, I had never lived in the LA riots era, but, you know, going back in history and reading what's been going on, it's, it's crazy. It's just, you know, borderline crazy, but I think it's just been, I think it's just all pent up from years upon years upon years. And I know people are going to jump at well, it should be peaceful, it should be this, it should be that. But at the end of the day, if the peace isn't getting it done for people, what's the next best thing you're going to do is probably what most people consider as violent, right? And that's just what's happening across the nation because nothing else can't get done is what it feels like to most people, including myself. That's just the thing. It just doesn't feel like anything will get done unless something like this happens. It hurts money, it hurts the economy or anything of that nature. That's what a big money hit is. And that's all people are really, that's all people are really going to be driven to to make some type of change. Cause I mean, like with this incident in Minnesota, until somebody gets legitimately persecuted for something that they do as a, as a law enforcement officer, mm-hmm. it's not going to make a difference. If you know you can get off with something, like if I know I can rob a bank for a million dollars, I can get off, get out of jail for $50,000 every single time. Who the hell else wouldn't do it more and more and more? And I just think, again, as you see it, it's going to be seen in other places. It's not just going to be a one place thing. And again, the social media era, we're fortunate enough to, uh, fortunate and unfortunate to see what it is. Cause sometimes there was a time where we didn't know, probably, unless you were local or you saw it in your face, you probably didn't see half of this. That's just the other thing. So I just think, again, for anybody that's out there, you just really need to be, need to pay attention. Pay attention to what your friends are doing. Pay attention to what they're saying and their silence as well. And just be mindful of that. Just, you just got to understand people just want to change. That's just really it. Kenny, I've been on this earth a few decades and I will say this. Not in my lifetime. I don't ever remember people at the White House acting like that to the point where the president of the United States has to go underground in the design bunker for the White House. Because it's real outside from Americans. That sums it up for me. Like, it is real out there. And already, I think four or five protesters have died. There are thousands of people that are hurt. It's crazy. So for all of our listeners out there, from me to you, stay safe. If you want to be out there, I get it. You want to protest for for justice. Because we are aware that there are people who have bad intentions out there. Renee, you experienced it. But things change quickly. It goes from peaceful protests to somebody throwing rocks to somebody 
doing some busting windows. And shout out to J.R. Smith, who beat down the guy who busts his windows. If you guys don't know who I'm talking about, J.R. Smith is an NBA player who has been known to do some crazy things, including, I think, was it? It was actually this today, two or three years ago, when he was playing with LeBron James on the cast, where he, what did he try to do? He tried to call a time. What did he do, Kenny? I forgot. I know it was something crazy. Yeah, I think. He called a timeout or he shot the basket in the wrong way or something. Yeah, what was that? <laughs> but I any of it, JR had. I think it was a timeout. I think. I can't remember exactly. But I know LeBron was pissed. Yeah, well, whatever yeah. it was, JR is known for his antics. The stadium was pissed. <laughs> yeah, and some protester bust his car window and he beat them down. Things can change on a dime. So, on that note, let's take it back up a notch. Let's talk about. Atlanta, hopefully this time next week, because we're back to weekly schedules. Although there is a race on June 7th, which is next Sunday. And then there's a race on June 10th. The, the mid, first, the midweek racing we haven't even discussed. I'm a little indifferent about midweek racing, to be honest. It's kind of like Thursday night NFL games. They're there. I can do without them, but they don't terribly bother me. It's kind of a catch 22. But we won't be coming on talking after each race because it's just a little bit ridiculous, all the races in this short amount of time. But we will be back next Sunday after Hotlanta. So on that note, it is time, and I haven't said this in such a long time, so let me drink some water and get my voice ready. Hold on. There you go. Here we go. Okay. It is time for some predictions. It's time for race predictions. Renee, who you got? All right, predictions. Hotlanta, here we come. I'm going to go with a driver who I think really is kind of not somebody that we, we've been seeing win, has been winning, but I feel like this might be the one where he finally wins. I'm going to go with Martin Truex Jr. I feel like Martin Truex Jr. is just right there. He's got just the things that he needs and he wants to get through a race and, and win. He's just having some bad luck right now. But I think Atlanta might be the one to actually push him across and actually get into the winner's circle. So he, I'm going to go with Martin Truex Jr. as my winner. And um believe it or not, I wouldn't be surprised if uh Keselowski comes right back and uh, wins uh, wins it again. So uh, Martin Truex uh, Jr. is my first pick and my alternative pick is going to be Brad Keselowski, the number two. Those are my picks. I'm sticking with them. What do you say, Kenny? All right. Like we said, we're going to High Atlanta. So I got two picks and it's actually, ironically enough, going to be somebody in the Hendricks stable. One of them, of course, is going to be Chase Elliott, Georgia's son, without a doubt. I just feel like he's been on a hot streak. I feel like Sound if anything, sirens. this would be the time. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it would be disappointing in a sense because the fans aren't there. Because I feel like it would be nuts if he won at um Atlanta, especially if it, if it was just opening back up. But I think he definitely has a shot at doing doing so. They look great at the half mile tracks already so far this season. So I think he's definitely going to be it. And for my alternative pick, I'm gonna stay in the Hendrick household. I'm gonna go with Jimmy Johnson. I'm going to pick him because I feel like the same case with him. I feel like he's gotten better and better and better. I know he had the whole incident with the disqualification at Charlotte in the Coke 600. But let's just remember this. He's won five times at Atlanta. And as a matter of fact, his last win came in 2016. But 
I think he's definitely someone you should watch out for. If not, he's a sneak pick for those people who play DraftKings. That's one of those guys you might just want to pick up. Okay. Well, I got three names floating around in my little brain of mine. There are three names floating around in my little brain. Well, I got a big brain. I don't know. <laughs> that sounded weird as well. I don't know. So, Okay. I'm going to give you three names. Brad Keselowski, Denny Hamlin, and Jimmy Johnson. And we have not called Jimmy Johnson Mr. Seven Time in so long because it's at this point we're like, dang, he is a seven-time NASCAR Cup Series champ, but it don't even feel like it. But those are the three names I'm going with. As Kenny just said, Brad has gotten it done at Atlanta. In fact, he was the 2019 winner as well as the 2017 winner. Jimmy Johnson has also won five times at Atlanta, but Denny Hamlin, he's been in the mix every week and he is searching for number 40, as in 40 total wins. So it's a difficult decision for me, but I think that I am going to go with Jimmy Johnson just because I want to see Jimmy win. I don't, I just feel like this has been a horrible last season for anyone. So I want to see Jimmy win, but I want to go with Brad, but I'm going to pick Denny as my alternative. So Jimmy Johnson is my pick. Denny Hamlin is my alternative. And Brad Keselowski is my second alternative. So I gave you three picks. (laughs) All right. Well, those are our picks. What say you? Our listeners, please send in your uh, picks to us um, on our social media across the board at Turns No Breaks. And as far as everything else is concerned, just like I always say, We always appreciate um, your support. We always appreciate you listening. We always appreciate you telling somebody else that you know that loves NASCAR just as much as we do about All Turns No Breaks. And uh, for Tam, for my man Kenny, be safe out there. And whatever it is that you choose to do, be kind to each other. And we will see you next week on another episode of All Turns and No Breaks. Take it easy. Be safe. Be healthy. Bye-bye. Thanks so much for tuning in. 